what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Hello and welcome back to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.TV podcast network. My name is Alan Jackson. Across the Zoom room from me is my brother, Brian. Brian Jackson. How are you doing, Brian? Good, good, Alan. Another uh, another deep dive. This is our deep, deep, deep dive, right? We're getting kind of... Yeah, we are going to get a little deep and a little more specific. We'll kind of set it up here in a second. But uh, yeah, we are going to dig a little deeper into our concept of audio uh, when we talk about technology, audio, music, sound, uh, and some of the things you can do with that with your computers or devices. Uh, But before we get into that, just a reminder, this is Brothers in Tech. This is our show where Brian and I get together and we just talk technology, mainly because we want to be a, a resource or a help to any of you out there that are the go-to IT person in your family, someone that is getting all the phone calls and all the panicky text messages, well, I can't get something to work or I need uh, help setting this up. Or maybe you're the person sending out those panicky text messages and you just realize you you want to be able to do some of this stuff yourself instead of yep. relying on somebody else. We're here to be that helpful resource. We've been doing these episodes for quite a while. And uh, just uh, conversations, recommendations, thoughts, ideas on different aspects of technology for the home or personal use. Yeah, come and come and join our our brotherhood, our sisterhood, right? Where we talk about tech and and I think you know we're hopefully opening people's eyes up to some of the technology that's out there that could be useful for them, but then also tr- trying to provide kind of a realistic spin to some of the audio or some of the uh, the technology as well to make sure that. Yeah. You realize there are very kind of user-friendly things that you can use and make your life a little bit more efficient. So, Absolutely. Um, That's what we're here to talk about. So today's topic is uh, kind of following in line with the concept of audio that we've been talking about. I mean, we had episodes on, um, you know, different music services that are available online that you can tap into, like, you know, for streaming different uh, songs and music. We talked about how to listen to your music on headphones and different types of headphones and personal listening devices. And also we, our last episode was all about kind of home audio, uh, more whole room, whole house audio systems and, and using technology to help power those. Brian, we're going to go super deep here and talk about this idea of making music mm-hmm. using computers and devices. Now, Brian, are you, I know you're a good music listener, but I've never known you in all my years of being your brother to see you do anything musically other than, I think you played guitar for a few years, maybe back in high school. Is that right? Well, most importantly, I played the saxophone in middle school. Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, yes, you that did. Really, really an, an important time in my life where I realized that music was not for me. Um, <laughs> so, so I did play the saxophone for a while. Uh, I did play the guitar uh, during my my hair band loving years, and um, so and those I, ended. That that ended last year, I believe, right? Yeah, so. correct, correct. Well, actually, mm-hmm. probably hasn't ended yet, but. Um, uh, so my, the extent of my guitar playing was power chords and trying to look cool. So no, I am not a musician. I am someone who appreciates music. Um, now I know you 
are also not a musician. Um, Ooh, and, not a but somehow, <laughs> somehow, one way or another, your offspring has become a musician, which I think is absolutely fascinating. I don't, I still don't know how this happened. I don't either. I, I tell you, so um, I have no musical bone in my body. I am, I consider myself an excellent, I am an excellent musical music listener. And I have actually done some mixing and recording of music, but me, myself playing music. No, I have no, no, no skills whatsoever. Um, I took piano lessons for a matter a few years when I was a kid. Oh, yeah, and I did do that. Yeah. Mrs. Feather. That was no good. That was yeah. no good with that. Yeah. yeah. No, that was painful. Uh, mm-hmm. it, yep. it was, it was painful. I, think it was I mean, painful I think we, we just did make our mom happy. Right. I mean, that was basically the reason we did it. Oh God. Um, yeah. The whole God. Now, if, I mean, if we can be totally honest, if we could go back and actually take that seriously and learn how to play the piano. Oh, yeah, I, I totally would. would. Yeah, yeah, I totally would. Yeah. yeah. It's it, actually one of my biggest disappointments is that I never took any of this music stuff seriously. And I could have and should have, but I also feel like I don't have that skill set. So yeah. um, no point in trying to force something that wasn't naturally there to begin with. I, I do um, want to say, I, I think it's kind of interesting how you creatively threw in there that you've mixed music before. I mean, you're really talking about like you, you made mixtapes, right? I mean, that's, that's your- I mean, I recorded, I recorded off the radio. I hit the record button and I hit the stop button after the song plays on the radio. That's mixing. So, oh yeah. I was going to say, so as long as we know, the bar is, we know where the bar is, right? Everybody listening, right? If you made a mixtape, then according to Alan, you're someone who has mixed music in the past, <laughs> has, cre- has created music. Uh, so, okay. All right. That, that's fine. As long as we know where the bar is, right. Then I, I'm going to say I've created a lot of music in the past. Then if that's the case and, uh, but anyway, we'll, we'll yeah, go with so, it. We'll go with that. Right. Whatever makes yeah, you feel good. Indoor examples. As I talk about this topic, I think you're going to be, I think you're going to be impressed, Brian, with how much I've, I've actually gotten into this. So um, All right. All right. let me, let me give you the backstory here. Kind of why this topic was something I wanted to bring up and, and, and talk about with people. So even though, yes, as we both established, neither of us have any real musical talent. Uh, for some reason, my youngest son out of three boys, my youngest does have musical talent yeah. quite a bit. Actually, yeah. he's really good and he plays a guitar. He self-taught himself acoustic and electric guitar. He's now teaching himself keyboard. He's wanting to get into drums. I mean, he, he, he's, he wants to go into a career of music production, music recording and so forth. He's, he's done strings as well too, hasn't he? He has uh, done some strings. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So knowing his, his interest in wanting to get into music and he's also in the computer. So he, he has a, a MacBook laptop. Uh, it's, it calls me to kind of have to get into, okay, if, if, if my son wants to learn how to record music and make music, it's a good primer for me to kind of figure out, well, how, how would he go about doing that? Because I, that was a world I was completely foreign to before, before that. So maybe this is all going to be helpful for somebody who maybe you want to get into recording music yourself. Uh, maybe you have an offspring or family member who's interested in doing that and you want to kind of help provide the right resources to do it. Here's the cool thing about it. You can actually become your own personal recording studio. And I'm not lying. I'm not over-exaggerating. It truly is a recording studio with a laptop and with one thing I'm going to one device and one piece of software that I'm going to talk through you with at that point, you actually have everything you would need other than the instruments. You still need the instruments uh, to start making and recording and mixing music. So 
Uh, let's talk through what those things are, and I'll kind of give you some examples along the way of them as well. So you need a computer. I mean, I think that's kind of goes without saying. This is Brothers in Tech show. Pretty much everything we're talking about, you're going to need some sort of computing device. Uh, I'll get to tablets and iPads in a little bit because there are ways to use that now too. But I'm going to assume right now you're either a, a desktop computer or a laptop computer is what you really need to kind of have as your hub. Um, recording audio, mixing audio, maybe not as intensive as doing video editing, but it is still going to be intensive. So uh, you do need to make sure you've got at least a good, fairly modern CPU on that on that computer. Eight gigabytes of RAM minimum, if not 16 or more, because the more tracks you work with, which I'll describe in a moment, uh, the more memory is needing to be had to run those programs. And also hard drive space, not something you would expect that you would need tons of recording music, but believe me, you do. Uh, you need a lot of hard drive space because everything you record if you have multiple sounds and tracks on it, every track has its own uh, file size requirements. So you're just kind of compounding on top of each other. So you need a good computer. Doesn't have to be top of the line, but you do need to have something with some good horsepower, memory, and hard drive space to it. But here's where we start to get into the actual pieces that are very specific for music recording and music production. You need to have what's called a digital audio workstation. Now, that is actually just a piece of software. It is not a physical workstation desk and box like you may think. Me not knowing anything about music production when I first started researching this for my son, I immediately thought, oh, digital audio workstation. Well, that's some sort of big physical mixer or something else. No, it's it's actually a piece of software that is meant for recording your your instruments and allowing you to work with multiple tracks of instruments. So... um, some examples of a digital audio workstation software. Uh, GarageBand is one that comes with every Mac. And that is a digital audio workstation. That is actually something that is equipped to help you record various instruments, record them simultaneously, uh, mix and edit those audio sources, all from GarageBand. Now, GarageBand, I find to be very, very uh, full-featured for what I do and even recording podcasts and other things I record audio with, I use GarageBand. My son is using GarageBand exclusively and has done some amazing things in that program. However, there are some higher level ones out there that, you know, if people feel like GarageBand may be a little too limiting for them, uh, Logic and Pro Tools are probably the two biggest name ones you would hear of. Both of those are also digital audio workstations. They are meant for recording the sounds you bring into your computer from your various instruments or microphones meant to give you a multi-track system for lining up all of those instruments and then playing it back in really high quality format so you can hear what it sounds like. So again, GarageBand, Logic, Pro Tools, all very similar. And there's a lot of other ones out there too that I'm not mentioning, but the key is, is it's kind of like picking your computer operating system. It's it's finding a tool that works best for you and what you want to do with it. Again, I've been very happy with GarageBand. My son's very happy with it. But um, down the road, could he want to move into Pro Tools or Logic? He could. Um, and it's just something we're going to kind of see where it goes. So already we said computer. We've said your digital audio workstation. Are you are you with me so far, Brian? So far, I'm. Um, yeah, you're you're getting to the limits of my my uh, uh, my ability to, to follow you, but go ahead. I'm, I'm still uh, here. All right. 
So here's the one piece that is very uh, specific to this idea of music, making music on your computer, is you need what's called an interface. Now, an interface, there's a lot of different shapes and sizes of interfaces. There's a lot of different functionality on interfaces. But at the core level, an interface is really meant to take your audio instrument or microphone and take it and convert it into a computer signal that go, that plugs right into your laptop or computer. So you may have an audio interface that is a simple box. These are physical devices, a simple box that you can plug a guitar, electric guitar into, and you could plug a microphone into two, two inputs coming in. And then that little box converts that audio signal into a USB cable coming out of the back of the box. USB cable goes into your computer. Digital audio workstations like GarageBand will see that as two different channels, two different tracks, and will record them as two different tracks. That's really what an interface is meant to do is kind of take these uh, instruments, microphones, they may be more analog devices or or could be digital devices, but takes them and converts them into a computer signal that your digital audio workstation will see and be able to work with as tracks. Okay. So just as an example, you could have an electric guitar that has a, uh, typically the, the cord coming out of your electric guitar is a quarter inch audio plug. So your audio interface could be one that has a quarter inch audio input on it. You plug that in. And then you may also want to have a microphone to sing. And most microphones are going to use what's called an XLR connection, audio connection. Well, the interfaces typically will have a mixture of the different types of inputs. So you could have both your XLR audio microphone plugged in and your quarter inch audio from your guitar. So now you've got two things plugged in this little interface box. The interface is now sending one USB cable into your computer. GarageBand or your digital audio workstation software will see that interface when it's plugged up. We'll know that there's two different sources coming in, a microphone and a guitar, and we'll record them as two different tracks when you're recording. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's really what an interface. Now an interface could have 10 inputs on it. It could have a mixture of different. Oh yeah. You can get all different sizes and shapes of interfaces, depending on what you really want to work with. Uh, here in our studio, we have an interface that actually has eight microphone inputs on it because we use it for podcasting. All of our podcast microphones go into this interface, which is eight um, inputs, and it does record as eight different tracks in GarageBand when we record. But for music, you know, typically you're looking at, depending on what you're going to do, it's the number of instruments or microphones you need to, to record simultaneously. Okay. So, Alan, can, can I ask? It's a. The number of signals that you're bringing in, so those, you know, 10 different microphones, do at some point, do you tap out what can be used with a regular USB, right? USB-A versus USB-C versus FireWire, all of that? Do you have to be aware of what that connection is? You do. I mean, typically, if it's a interface that's just USB-A only, like standard USB, it's going to, I mean, it's going to limit you on how how many different devices can be plugged in at the same time. If you have a, a, a interface with a lot of inputs, it's either going to be like back in uh, older technology, it would be a FireWire connection. Yep. Granted, that's not really around anymore. And yes, USB-C is now one that can carry a lot more signals. So right. yeah, it, it will inherently limit you on the number of inputs you can have on your box based on what kind of connection 
it's going to give you into the computer. Um, yeah, you wouldn't be able to record 24 independent audio tracks through an interface through a single USB-A connection. Um, and not to, be- not to get too much in the weeds, but you are talking about guitar. And and again, I, I have my hairband days where I have a little bit of experience with that. But so it used to be that you would take the guitar, would go into a pedal, and then the pedal would go into your amplifier. So the pedal was kind of distorting the signal somehow that then gets to the amplifier. Do some of these inputs also have like distortion capabilities or does that happen all in GarageBand? For the most part, that happens all in GarageBand now or happens in your digital audio workstation. You're recording it. Yeah. Yeah. So you have your choice when you bring in your, your electric guitar or your keyboard or anything else, any instrument you can plug into that interface you can do some of your own effects on the instrument itself or on the amp you want to run through. And that's fine. It's going to record whatever effects you put on naturally at the instrument itself. But in general, the idea is that you could actually bring it in as a raw instrument, meaning no distortion, no effects, just play it. And then your digital audio workstation, your, your DAW is where you can then apply effects to it afterwards. So you have more flexibility because think about it. If you record your guitar and it's got all this distortion to it and you record it into your, your DAW that way, then it's kind of stuck. You really can't do, you can't revert it back to a clean audio to a clean uh, sound. So I, I kind of recommend you, and this is what my son does. He records clean audio into his, GarageBand, and then in GarageBand, you have a ton of filters and effects you can apply to it afterwards. So he can really modify it to sound the way he wants it to sound afterwards. Okay. And if you wanted it sounding that way at the same time, then he's probably wearing headphones, listening to what's going into the computer. So the headphones are connected to the computer, the uh, the uh, microphone and the the uh, the guitar connected to this interface that's then connected to the computer. So he's he's able to experience the entire loop at that same yeah. time, but yet record the clean the clean audio. Well, and that's really what the the digital audio workstations are meant for: is that you can be recording and hearing the the, the monitoring the what you're actually recording in real time through headphones or some nice monitor speakers. But here's what I think is always really cool. And again, for being not being a musician, but just looking at it from a technology standpoint, the idea that somebody could record an entire, let's say a drum track, just playing the drums, just recording the drum track, you record it into your DAW. Then you go back to the beginning of where you've started that drum track and you have it playing the drum track you just recorded, but now you're going to record on a different track on top of the drums your guitar. So basically this is how music's made this idea that, you know, you lay down your one track, then you can go back and play it while also recording on a new track in that same file. So, you know, my son can go and do a drum track then go back and play, listen to the drum track as he's playing a guitar on top of it, then go back. And if you want to do vocals on top of all of it on a whole new track, you could do that. Cool. So the idea, that's the whole multi-track approach that these, these uh, workstations allow you to do is that you can have all these tracks and you can be playing back a recorded track while also recording on a new track at the same time. Okay? Nice. So yeah, it really is really cool when you start kind of playing with it to know that you know, one person can lay down eight different tracks of, of audio from different instruments and sounds 
And it sounds like it was all played at one cohesive time by a band. Um, all so of which example, needed, needed an entire recording studio previously. That's right. Now brought into a computer. So my yep. son has a, my son has a, a nice keyboard set up. He has a guitar, doesn't have a drum kit, but he uses the drums that are kind of a built in drum track that you can use in garage band where him hitting his keyboard, he's got it. That's yeah. Doing the drum track. So in other words, his keyboard is, is his drums. So he's able to go in and record drums, record keyboards. And then he records another track of keyboards where he's got the keyboard sound sounding like, um, strings. Hmm. So he's able to manipulate the keyboard sound to sound like strings. So when he plays back a completed piece, he's, you're hearing electric guitar, you're hearing what sounds like strings, like an orchestra strings, you're hearing a drum beat all playing simultaneously. And it's basically a keyboard guitar in his computer doing all of it, yeah. which is pretty cool. Right. So that's really how music's being made these days by a lot of independent music producers and, and musicians. Um, now granted everything I'm describing is kind of uh, the most basic kind of way of setting this all up. I mean, you can go with much bigger interfaces. You can actually have mixers involved before it gets to the computer. If you really want to mix your sound before it records to the computer, if you're someone who'd rather do all of that more analog and more mixing live, and then your computer is just recording everything you're, you're already processing, you can do that as well. But I love the flexibility of knowing that I can record a raw keyboard sound into this computer through this digital audio workstation. And then I can go back and say, well, let's let's make it sound more synthesizer type or let's make it sound more like this. And you can really play with it and kind of have fun with with the music you record. So it's a dream come true for people who are solo musicians or somebody who just wants to produce their own music. And uh and again, GarageBand is considered a, a little bit of more of a, I'll say, entry-level digital audio workstation. But I, our testing has shown it's more than capable for most of the work that a lot of musicians want to do. Then you can go higher level. The interfaces can be as simple as one or two plugs in all the way up to a much more elaborate process. And then, of course, you know, as you're listening to your sound, you really want to have good headphones plugged into your computer to hear what you're, what you're recording as much in a, a real environment that people would be hearing it in, in public. And then studio monitor speakers, you know, I mean, you can use little computer speakers like, like typical, but I really think for playing back music, you're recording and you really want to hear all the details of it. Nice, big powered monitor speakers that are meant for playing back sound and music connected to your computer is really the way to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. But overall, you can get by pretty inexpensively. I mean, these interfaces, the little hardware interfaces, maybe a hundred dollars, you know, starting mm-hmm. out. Um, and then of course your instruments, whatever you need instrument wise. Um it's so really Alan, can I ever to, to get into recording and producing audio on your on your computer now. So you, you just mentioned uh kind of the cost savings of this or the fact that you can get out for pretty cheap. I just wanted on a side really quick to say how amazed I was when, you know, your son started to get into guitar and he, you know, of course being across the country, I don't get to see him that often. Right. And I remember seeing him after he had had a few months of starting to, to pick up the guitar. And, um, not only was I impressed by his, his talent, of course, but what I was really impressed by is being someone that had, had picking up, uh, picked up the electric guitar, what, 
20 years ago, uh, more than mm-hmm. that, uh, 25, 30 years ago. Um, and of course, at the time, you needed an amp. You needed these pedals that I talked about before to provide any sort of you know change in the sound, right, of what's going to be pumped into that. And every one of those pedals had one particular use, right? Like this one's an echo. This one's a, a distortion. This is a, a different one. And you had to buy all of these sounds. Yeah. I and, and if you would have asked me, let's say that, you know, I had a child now and I had not thought about music at all in since, and I would probably be like, uh, I'm not really sure you want to get into the guitar until I know that you're really into it. Right. But what I was amazed is that he, you, you know, this, and I, I did not, that they have amps now, which are these, these little boxes that are going to produce the sound. And of course, just like we've been talking with audio sound is getting stronger and stronger with smaller, smaller uh, uh, speakers. So you can have a fairly, a carryable uh, device here that's maybe, you know, maybe even a, a less than 12 inches by 12 inches that can provide some decent sound. But what's, what was super cool about it is that it had these sounds already built into it. So there's yeah. the digital benefit now is that, you know, your son said, oh, I'm going to make this one sound like a Beatles sound. And he goes into his phone and he clicks, this is the sound I want to be, you know, number three on my, uh, on my, uh, uh, on my speaker now or on my uh, amplifier. I just thought that's an incredibly cool progression that's been made in music recently is that, you know, the the way you used to get raked over the coals with money, having to buy all of these different sounds, uh, and each one was a different pedal. And if you were actually playing music, you had five, six pedals in front of you that you had to touch at the right times. Well, now you could potentially have one pedal that could be digitally connected to three different sounds and then you say well next time i'm going to change to a different three sounds and i'm just going to upload these new sounds or layers and i just i think that it it is an incredibly cool time some people may think oh you don't know the you know the the struggle right that we went through to have all these pedals but that wasn't a good struggle right this this is a great use of technology that says i'm going to be able to create different music you know, in with my talent and not be limited yeah. by the money it's going to need to get there. So, all right. Now there's a, I agree with you completely a hundred percent. Now there is going to be a little bit of that argument where, um, you and I are not musicians. Yeah. And just like I could be arguing about how shooting on film is so much more preferred than shooting on digital video from a look and feel and the quality standpoint, somebody who's not into shooting or making films or videos is going to say, Oh, well, digital video is obviously the way you go. It's cheaper. It's easier. It's quicker. It's faster. So there is a little bit to the whole idea of, you know, still the physical process of having the pedals and having all the the more mechanical operations involved. Yeah. Me digitally, if I were to be getting into music, I would love the flexibility that digital affords me. But I also understand that there's some, there's some inherent, love for just more of that authentic, more mechanical and more uh, operations of, of, of getting the music. you sure. want. So. Yeah. And I, and I liken it to even when we talked about photography, right? The difference between pulling out your phone and making it easy to get that picture as opposed to the work that it's going to take to get there. But, but you do have to step back and say, is the technology allowing the creativity to happen in a more efficient way? Or is it kind of, skipping past the creative process to get to this easy answer. I mean, you know, things like a, uh, a drum kit, some people may argue, well, that drum built in drum sound, if you didn't make it yourself, well, that's a problem. But if you're saying 
the only way I can create and get this talent out and this idea out of my head is to own a big drum kit to have to be able to do that. Then that's where it stifles the the you know the no, creativity. I, I completely so agree. I think, yeah. Well, I mean, and I look at it from a from a, a kid standpoint. You know, my son, I, I wasn't going to go out and buy hundreds and hundreds of dollars of pedals and you know all these different uh, pieces of equipment he would need to make music. I mean, I would have if, if if we were in a different time, and that was honestly his passion. That's where he was going to go. But for a kid that you don't know if that's really really going to spend their time but you want them to get into making music. They really yeah. want to learn making music. The fact that they could use the computer they may already own and one piece of hardware and an instrument. And all of a sudden you've got everything you need to really find out. Is this, is this what they want to be doing? Is this uh, the, the, the area they want to get into definitely makes it a lot more accessible. I will yeah. definitely say yeah. that it's a lot more accessible than I think it has been in the past. Um, and I love the fact too, that my son, you know, just, especially during uh, the whole COVID uh, uh, situation where he hasn't got to jam with other guys and play with other, other kids, but still wants to be making music. He can actually now make multi-instrument productions on his own in his own little room. And uh, it's great. I mean, it's a lot of flexibility would have been a lot harder to pull off without the technology involved. So yeah, yeah, it's overall, I'm, I'm a big fan of it. And I, I love the fact that I actually know now, by just helping him get started. Like this is how you can record and make music. And it's really cool. Um, that being said, I worked on my first true music track production. So Brian, ha ha to you. I actually do do this a little bit now. So mm-hmm. where we had somebody come in and record, uh, play a, a piano song here in our studio, I recorded it on in garage band one track. And then later on weeks later, a vocalist came in to sing vocals to that track so I was able to have him on headphones, play back the music track to where he could sing along to the music track. I'm recording his vocals on another track in that same file. And now I have a perfectly mixed vocals, piano track. It sounds really good. Sounds like they played it at the same time uh, or sang it at the same time as they played it. And, but yet nobody has to know that it was a different vocalist than it was the performer and so forth. And being able to go in and mix it and add some different effects to the piano to give it a more classic sound to it. It was really cool. So it was really fun to play in GarageBand to do that. And uh, I totally get for musicians where that where that experimentation and creativity can come from getting to play with it like that. So Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> all right. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. But, but listen, when I, when I, when I made, to hear those words, <laughs> when I made my mixtape, I actually would lay my audio track over it, right? Like, you know, like you talking? Maybe, maybe I love you. This is maybe. for you. This is what it's all uh, about. You know, I, songs, I recorded it just for you, right? I mean, this song, this song shares with you how I feel about you. And, you I didn't, and I didn't get to digitally have to, you know, if I made a mistake, go back and read. No, I was, I was, I was in the moment, in the moment laying that track down. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to say that, you know, the struggle was What's real. Yeah. You know, I mean, if that's, if we just want to talk about, you know, the, the work that we put in on this, then, then I'm so, certainly so just sharing my Spotify playlist that I, that I curated in about two minutes worth of time is not the same, right? Well, did you, yeah. Did you lay an audio track over it? Right. Did you talk to the, yeah. to the person you were sending this to? No, I think the text message was, Hey baby, here's something for you. I'm just in my, it's in my list. Check it out. <laughs> Well, yeah. you know, 
if, if, we've if already established, that's all that matters. Brian, we've already established that kids these days are lazy. Okay, we know <laughs> this. So we we know this. Yeah, they're lazy. We put real blood, sweat, and tears into our mixtapes. So. Yeah. All right. Well, Brian, that was my primer on how you can actually make music with technology nowadays. So I'm hopeful. My, my audience for this was really, again, people who uh, maybe have a family member who is wanting to get into music production or you yourself may be musically inclined, but have never really thought to bridge the gap between me playing on my guitar and my computing or, or how I can do more with it. And I'm here to say that it's actually a lot easier and a lot more straightforward than I ever really imagined it would be. So um, the power out there is pretty cool in these devices. Now, I mentioned about tablets and iPads. Yeah, you can GarageBand is available, for example, on the iPad. And I know some other high-powered tablets have digital audio workstation software on them as well. There are adapters and tools you can use to get an interface that plugs into an iPad, especially like an iPad Pro. And we'll do the same things you can do on your on your computer, your Mac, or your PC. Um, I have not personally done that with an I'm with an iPad or tablet, so I cannot vouch for how uh, how how much processing power is there and how much you can really do from multiple tracks and all. But I know that the capability is there, so you could even get by with a really nice high powered iPad and do some of the same things I was just describing. Then you're getting to the point where you're really at maximum portability. Uh, most effective price-wise as well. Getting a good iPad for six, $700, and then you put in your interface for maybe 100 bucks. All of a sudden, for seven, $800, you've got recording capabilities um, that will do some amazing, amazing work from the music standpoint. So, so is there any uh, of these interfaces that are wireless? Or is it is that too, too much info that's going to be I, going across like Bluetooth to... I have not seen any. That's not to say that they aren't out there, but I would be real suspicious about yeah. it because I mean, yeah. trying to push through the highest quality audio you can. Um, I still think you want to be wired right now. And now granted, I'm sure everything will be wireless in the future, but right now it's all, all pretty much USB uh, driven interfaces. So, and there's, so for an iPad, then it would be probably an adapter to be able to go in uh, yeah. to connect with lightning or, or whatever. Okay. Yeah, depending. And I know the, the new iPad Pros have USB-C on them. So, you know, you'd be able to plug in a USB-C uh, interface adapter there. If it's still using old USB-A, you would have to get an adapter to go from USB-A to the to yeah. whatever port, either Lightning or uh, USB-C, depending on what iPad you have. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think this is, I mean, this is good, Alan. This is so, and I think for those parents that might be out there that are thinking, you know, my 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 kid is interested in music and I want to give them this opportunity to understand that it can be done uh, fairly inexpensively initially. You know, if you already have a computer, maybe they already have an instrument and now you just want to figure out a way to record some of what they're doing. I think, uh, you know, it, you, you don't need to go back in time to build all of these, you know, external devices up, right. You can go straight in and be able to, to be created with the music uh, yeah, right away. Absolutely. So, Build on hey, it. let's let's do this, Brian. I know we want to get our brothers and tech suggestions for the episode, but let's take a quick little ad, uh, break just for a moment. And when we come back, then we can kind of hit our our patented uh, brothers and tech suggestions, the bits as we call bits. them, yes. our recommendation for the episode of something we think you ought to check out. But let's do this quick break. We will be right back with brothers and tech here in just a moment. 
This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Welcome back to Brothers in Tech here on the Mesh.tv. We've been talking about making music on the computer. Uh, using technology to start recording and making music and uh, talk through the whole process of doing that, uh, what you need in terms of computer or laptop and even tablet these days, uh, a digital interface that you need for your instruments, and then the actual digital audio workstation software to use to record the, the those uh, tracks and those inputs and mix them together into something cool. So, um, Brian, let's move on to our our recommendations. I'm kind of curious what your recommendation is, because again, I know all of this topic was fairly new to you. So I'm not really sure what you might be wanting to recommend to us. So I'm, I'm very curious to hear, I'm very curious to hear your brothers and tech suggestion for this yeah, episode. I like how you politely put that rather than saying, I'm wondering what you can actually contribute today. Um, so, well, I, I had to be honest, I, I struggled a little bit with this one to try to figure out what I could contribute that was actually uh, connected. Um, but because I don't know a lot about uh, creating music, uh, and especially in the digital uh, digital era, um, I'm actually going to make a suggestion of a website that provides a ton of resources regarding uh, digital music, and it's called CDM. So mm-hmm. CDM dot link, L-I-N-K. They have a kind of a shortened link for it. Um, and the CDM stands for Create Digital Music. And it's uh, it's kind of a cool website that I came across as I was trying to find out more information about uh, about this. But it's, it's pretty much a, a resource for people that are creating music, whether it be uh, music videos and creating the, the, having the apps that are able to, to, uh, to be able to download and, and use for creation of music. So there's lots of different resources within this website that, um, that I thought was interesting. It is kind of a high-end uh, approach to digital music. So it gives you lots of things like you know, mixers that you can buy and reviewing of those. Um, but I thought it was a, a, a kind of a nice way to, if you do have a, you know, son or daughter, or you're someone that is interested in getting into this world, uh, and maybe you're, you know, dipping your toes in into it right now, this might be a nice way to, to see what else is out there. Um, mm-hmm. and get some reviews on some different, uh, gear that, that might be, uh, beneficial. You might be able to go in there. They have a search feature so you can search for some of the, the things that you're looking into to try to see reviews and, and all of that. So. Yeah, um, that's really cool. Yeah. I will definitely be bookmarking that. Not that necessarily for me, but to pass on to those more musically inclined in my family. So, yeah. yeah. And again, I haven't spent a ton of time with it, but just looking at the way that it's tagged and you can just kind of, you know, things are there based on tech and apps and music and motion. And it's kind of a nice way to, to organize almost like a blog format of, of different reviews and, uh, Cool. Uh, information. So yeah, CD, cdm.link. Is the right, cdm.link is the actual web address to go to that I'll direct yep. you there. So, very cool. Create digital music, cdm.link. Um, my recommendation is uh, it's, it's, I mentioned already interfaces as being the one piece of hardware that you do have to have to kind of make uh, the connection between your instruments or your microphones or anything you're using to record 
to come into your computer. You do need to have that interface. I know some people may be wondering, well, my computer has a microphone input on it. Can I not just plug my instrument directly into there? Well, you can, but the sound is not always going to be as balanced and as recorded at the high quality. And it's just, uh, it's not really meant for that. So I, I, we generally say you definitely need an, an interface of some sort to go between your instruments or your microphones and your computer. The one I want to recommend is the one that my son started out with, and it's the first one we bought him. And I just love how simple and compact it is. It's called the Scarlet Solo. Um, it is a, Scarlet is a company that makes a lot of audio interfaces as well as some other music production equipment. The Solo is one of their, uh, the models in their line of interfaces. And it's really on the lowest end, meaning it's about one of the simplest ones they make. It has two inputs on it, meaning uh, one input is a XLR, which is typically a microphone input. And the second one is a quarter inch or line input, which is typically what you come from a guitar or amp or keyboard or anything else. So this, the Scarlet Solo just has those two inputs. You can kind of manage the gain or volume level for each in, uh, each of those two inputs. And then it has a USB-A cable coming out of the back that goes into your computer. That's all it is. It's really simple, two inputs. It's about $100, maybe 110 I think last time I saw it listed at a list price. And it's just plug and play. It's so easy. I think Scarlet makes some great equipment in general. And this one, for someone getting started that just wants to be able to record one instrument and possibly have a microphone to record other things, uh, you can use that. So my, my son, in this example, I know I keep referring to him, but he's the only music link I've got to this whole episode. Um, he is not a singer. He does not want to sing. He doesn't re- want to record his voice. But he does use that microphone input because he has a microphone. And what he does, Brian, kind of what we were talking about earlier, is sometimes he does want to record the sound coming off his amp. Like for whatever reason, he just wants to play his guitar through his amp and he really likes a specific sound on his amp. He wants to record that sound and not do it in post-production on the computer. So he'll take his microphone, position it right in front of his amp. That microphone goes into the mic input on the interface and that's what he records. So it's not always just the microphone has to be for your voice. The microphone can be, you want to record the more natural sound of an instrument instead of going through the computer to do it. So that's what's nice about the Scarlet Solos. You could either record a microphone recording a natural sound of an instrument, or you can actually have the instrument plugged directly into the interface and get the pure, unadjusted sound that's coming in as well. Hmm. And uh, again, for the cost, it's one of the the least expensive ones you can get for an interface. And it's a good company, uh, very reputable, does some great work. So that's the Focusrite Scarlet Solo. Focusrite is the company. The Scarlet is kind of their line of products. And the Solo is the particular module here that uh, that I'm recommending. Nice. And I did just, uh, for people, I did a search of that. And, and the link that we'll put up is directly from Focusrite, uh, $110. You look at that same product uh, through Amazon, I think it's maybe $140, $150 through other retailers. So this is a good one to, to go directly to the source for, uh, or at least look for their uh their ability to buy so it's got other places that you can buy through them so yeah it's a great product and actually i'll even say too just uh even though we don't really use these it does come with a lot of cool um software that you can download automatically when you buy the the interface 
So Avid Pro Tools, which is one of those higher end digital audio workstations, you actually get a version of it um, to download and available to use. So uh, as well as some other sound libraries and other things you have available to you as well. So anyway, it's a great company, great product. Very happy with it so far. Nice. Nice. Well, with that, I think we're going to wrap up this making music episode. Uh, Thanks for just letting me kind of go on on my tangent here. I, I, I learned quite a bit. I mean, I, I still am pretty impressed with my, uh, my music mixing in the past, uh, laying tracks over my, uh, my, uh, mixtapes. But, but anyway, if you want to kind of go high tech with it, this is, uh, this is a good way to do it. So <laughs> it is. Yeah. All right. Well, Brian, if anybody has some, some thoughts, suggestions, ideas for us, or just want to follow up on this topic, uh, how can they go about getting a hold of us? Send us an email at info at the mesh TV. That's info at the mesh TV. Tell us how you go about making music or if you have some suggested products that you'd like to, to recommend for us for future suggestions. Um, we'd love to, to hear about those. Uh, if you have new topics that you'd love us to get into, uh, we're obviously going to be jumping into a new topic now that we've had our three deep dives uh, into the audio world. So we'd love to hear from you as to uh, what areas you'd like us to get into in the future. So uh, drop us a note at info at the mesh.tv. All right. Good deal. Well, that will end it for our audio series. Uh, We're going to move on to another topic on the next episode. So stay tuned for that. And um, hope you uh, continue to listen and subscribe. If you want to make sure you get every new episode we put out, regardless of the topic, you'll get those automatically delivered to you if you do subscribe to the show. So feel free to do that through any of the podcatchers you may visit. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, um, Spotify, Pandora, gosh, what am I forgetting? iHeartRadio. Yeah. All of them are out there available for you to listen to this show on. So just uh, subscribe to whatever platform you, you uh, find the most compatible for your listening needs. So, all right. Thanks everybody for listening. We will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.